Thank you for selecting this presentation brought to you by the Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center's Media Ministry. Sit back and relax and prepare to hear God's Word. And now here's today's speaker. Prayer 101. And uh, we mentioned some things there. Uh, there are about uh, eight or nine keys that we mentioned total. And we went over some things uh, we did not conclude it on last week. Hopefully we will reach a conclusion for Prayer 101 tonight. But I can't guarantee you. Praise the Lord. But what I will say, the Lord is willing, we'll do it uh, the week following the next one. Praise the Lord. Got some special things prepared for you on next week. Uh, we're going to review what we talked about on last week first. So let's review uh, different points that we made on last week. Number one, we talked about what? Prayer is what? We talked about prayer is personal. Prayer is personal. When you talk to God, it is personal. Uh, don't make it vain or repetitious. Don't treat God like he's a Coke machine. He is a real person. Talk to him like a person. He's real. Turn to David and tell him, God is real. And he is a person. Are you, are you with me? Persons have feelings. God it has feelings. The Bible says clearly that the Lord Jesus is a high priest and he can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He can feel. He is full of compassion and he can get angry as well. He is a real person. So talk to him like a, like a person. Let's go to the next key there. Second key is what? Ask the Father in, ask the Father in Jesus' name. Now, that is not my personal theology, but that is actually what's written in the Word. For more on that, go to Prayer 101, part number 1. We pray, we ask the Father in Jesus' name. He tells, that, tells us that on several occasions. Now, since he's the one that's going to be answering the prayer, we need to know how he wants us to pray. Right? All right. Let's go to the third key. The third key is what? He said we have to believe or we have to have faith when we pray. The Bible says there in the book of Mark, the 11th chapter, uh, verse 24, I believe, whatsoever you desire when you pray, believe that you will receive them and you shall what? You'll have them, right? So the third key to prayer is believing. You must believe. You must have faith. The fourth key to prayer is Know his will in the matter. You have to know the Lord's will. Know his will. You cannot truly pray effectively when you don't know what he wants. You have to know God's will in the matter. Is it his will to heal you? Sure it is. The Bible declares there in Second uh, Peter uh, verse 20, uh, 2.24, it says, By his stripes you were healed. He took the punishment or the wounds in his body for your healing. You remember on the movie, The Passion of the Christ? Well, that actually happened. He was whipped. He was beat for us so that we could be what? So that we could be healed. That's right, class. Very good. So that we could be healed. So is healing's will? Of course it is. Of course it is. Of course it is. You have to know God's will in the matter. Number five, we talked about having a proper lifestyle. A proper lifestyle. When you're praying, have proper, have a proper proper lifestyle you will have more confidence in prayer when you know that you're living right you're not going to live a perfect life because you are not perfect 
But God does not look at the outward appearance. He looks at your heart. And if your heart is right, your heart is a real you, and eventually what's in your heart will come out of you, and you will live like what's in your heart, right? Some people say, well, Pastor, you know, I'm still doing this, but God knows my heart. That's right. He knows your heart is thinking because you're still trying to get away with the mess that you're doing. All right. So we're not talking about, talking about that type of excuse now, are we? No, we're not. But someone who is living a truly righteous life, who's really trying their best to do right before God, but they slip and they fall, God sees your heart and he will empower you and enable you to live a righteous life before him. Amen? Amen. Away with phony excuses. Praise the Lord. If you want to sin, go sin. Live it up. Be happy for tomorrow you may go to hell. Next screen. Number six, we talked about abiding in him. Abiding in the Lord Jesus. The Bible says very clearly, abide in me. The Lord Jesus says rather, abide in me. And let my word abide in you, and you'll ask what you will, and it will be done unto you. We talked about how the Lord Jesus is the word there in the book of John, right? Jesus is the word. And as you abide in the word, develop a love relationship for his word, develop a love relationship with him in prayer, you're, in, you're abiding in him. You're not trying to find your way out of doing what he wants you to do, but you actually have a heart to do his will you want to do right and you abide in him you want to grow closer and closer and closer to him amen now as you do that he says you'll ask what you will and it'll be done to you right let's look at the next one number seven we talked about timing uh in ecclesiastes timing everything has timing the right thing at the wrong time is is wrong that's right class the right thing at the wrong time is wrong Yes, it's the right thing for you to have a, a car or a truck. But if you ask for that car or truck at age five or six, it's the wrong thing. Unless you just intend to play in it, you're not going to drive anywhere in it. You're going to hurt yourself or someone else too. Isn't that right? So everything has timing. To everything there is a timing, there is a season for everything under under heaven in the earth. There's a time and there's a season. You have to know the timing and the seasons. Amen? Amen. Now, we talked about all that on last week. And on this week, we're going to hear again, we're still praying about prayer or talking or discussing prayer 101. This is part two, and it is subtitled, Waiting to Exhale. Now, that is very important when you talk about prayer, uh, because the eighth thing uh, that we're talking, that we're going to talk about is about frequency. Let's talk about this. We'll talk about frequency. This, these are the points. There are three major points that we will cover, that we will possibly cover tonight as it concerns prayer. The first thing that we will cover is called frequency of prayer. Frequency or, or how often or how repeated should you pray? Now here again, we're going on the, I'm going on the assumption that when you pray, you actually want an answer from heaven. You want God to hear you and you want him to respond to you. Well, then you have to know about these keys. So the first key that we'll discuss tonight uh, in Prayer 101, subtitled, Waiting to Exhale. And uh, Waiting to ex Exhale, that's a very powerful statement of our very powerful group of words. That we'll get to that. But the first thing we're going to discuss tonight is frequency. The second thing that we're going to discuss tonight is warfare, if we get the opportunity. Warfare is a part of of prayer. 
And the third thing we're going to discuss tonight, Lord willing, will be praying in or with the Spirit. That is the Holy Spirit. Uh, praying in the Spirit uh, and praying with the Spirit. Does everybody understand that? So we'll talk about those things tonight. First of all, let's talk about frequency in prayer. How often should you pray? Uh, we, we left off on that question on last week, so we're going to go right back to that particular question. I told you that there was a dear sister that asked me the question, Pastor, how often should I pray? Because they say if you ask the same question to God, asking for the same thing over and over again, then maybe you don't have faith for that particular item. And I appreciate that sister's ministry. I appreciate that because that's a question that a lot of people have in the body of, a body of Christ. And that's one question that you will know the answer about tonight. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? Yes. Tonight you will receive a greater, you receive greater clarity about that question. Now understand something. You are taught to teach. You are fed to feed. You will be given wisdom to give wisdom out to others. Freely you will receive, or rather freely you will receive, and freely you'll also have to give. You understand? Uh, you have to let the word flow through you. Let the word flow through you. So tonight, even tonight when you go home, ask the Lord, ask him uh, for other individuals that you can teach concerning prayer. How to pray. The word must flow through you. You don't want to get spiritually bloated. Well, you're so blown up. Because the word of God has gotten in you and you're not giving it out to anybody else. Right? That's what, that's what, uh, that's what's wrong with a lot of, a lot of us that, that are in the body of Christ. A lot of people in the body of Christ, we're just spiritually bloated. We're just spirit, spiritually obese. Or not exercising the gifts that God has given unto us. You got to go and release it. Don't your neighbor and tell him you got to release it. All right, God is not in this. He's not, you're not here tonight to be a spiritual egghead. Hallelujah. You're not meant to be a spiritual egghead, just knowing all this word. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. Anyone that claims that they know, I know all about that, I know all about that. Well, who are you telling? Uh, spiritual egghead, you're spiritually obese, and you need to exercise your spirit and tell somebody else. Does everybody understand what I'm saying to you tonight? Praise the Lord. Boy, Pastor, why are you hitting so hard? Because I love you. Because I love you. Are you with me? And you are a wonderful people of God. You have so much potential. So much is in you. So much power and truth is in you. And I want you to grow, grow, grow in Christ Jesus. Amen? All right. So frequency. Now, there, now one thing you've got to understand we, as we talk about frequency of prayer is that there are two Types of frequent prayer that you'll actually find in Scripture. There are two types. See, the question that we uh, posed, that was posed earlier, was, Pastor, how often should I pray up over the same thing? Does it ever get to the point where you know I'm, I'm just not having faith in God? Or people say, if I keep, if you keep asking God for the same thing, then that shows that you don't have faith. Well, you have to understand first of all that there are two 
types, basically two types of frequent prayer. Two types. Say two types of frequent prayer. The first type of frequent prayer is this, necessity. Necessity or maintenance type of prayer. Uh, these are things that you're going to pray for often. You're going to pray for food. You're going to pray for clothing. You're going to pray about your health. You're going to pray about your family. You're going to pray about your finances. You're going to pray about your uh, about security. That is personal security or financial security. Uh, you're going to pray about your self-edification, your growth, your growth as a Christian. You're going to pray for your church there and so forth and so on. There are some things that you're going to pray about until the day you die. Is everybody understand that? Some things you're going to, parents, you're going to continue to pray for your children until the day you die. Does that mean that you're weak in faith because you're still praying for your children? Of course not. Some things you're going to always pray for. I'm always praying over my family. Always asking God to bless them. Always asking God to keep them and protect them. Always asking. Always asking the Lord to bless this church and lead us into victory. Always asking for the Christians of the world. Always asking for the Lord to send revival. I'm always asking. So there are some types, this first type, as we talked about, uh, that are uh, prayers of necessity or maintenance, some things that you are always going to have to ask. Because these things are always changing. Your children are always changing. Your finances is always changing. You're constantly praying these prayers. Are you with me? And you can be praying that to the day that you die. Now that does not mean that you're weak in faith. Are you with me? So the first type of frequent prayer or the uh, frequency of prayer is what? Necessity or maintenance, right? Now, the second one is what the question really alludes to. The second type is acquisition or new ground or breakthrough. Acquisition, new ground or breakthrough. When you're praying uh, for deliverance, when you're praying for uh, or praying that God gets you out of danger, or you're praying about sickness or salvation, praying about a new home or you need your rent money or some sort of urgent need. Some sort of urgent need. Now, the question really applies to that second one, right? Now, these are things that you're going to pray until you get a breakthrough. Are you with me? Now, on the first type, on the necessity or maintenance, you're going to pray that. There is no breakthrough there. You just, you got to continue to pray for your children. You got to continue to pray for your spouse. You got to continue to pray about, Lord, I need some need. Lord, I need, a, I need, I need money for my bills. You're going to all, you're going to always have to pray. You understand what I'm saying to you? These are the necessities. But the next one, breakthrough. These are things that may suddenly come upon you, things that you need an answer to now. There may be some sort of sickness or you need a new home. You know, once you get that new home, you don't need to keep praying for it. Right? Once you get the new job, you don't need to keep praying for it. So these are things that have an end. But the ones on the top, that is the necessity or maintenance, they don't have an end. You're going to always pray for those. So the ones that have an end, that is acquisition or new ground or breakthrough, those that have an end, if you pray past that point, then it can be seen as, hey, you don't believe. But if you truly pray through it, and we'll talk about that tonight, if you get an exhale, 
If you are able to exhale, that is find relief or find a comfort in prayer. After that point, after you know you have received, there's no need to ask for it anymore. Then your prayer changes from a prayer of acquisition or reception to a prayer of thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord, for the job. Thank you, Lord, for my breakthrough. Thank you, Lord, for this because you've already received it. We'll talk about that. Now, there are two types here again. The first type, necessity or maintenance, these are continual or daily prayers. You're going to pray this every day. Please pray over your family every day. Please pray over your finances every day. Please pray for yourself every day. Please pray for your church every day. Please pray for your pastor every day. He needs it, let me tell you. Please pray. Are you with me? Then the second one, of course, uh, you may not be able to see that. It's in red, but it says... You pray until exhale or relief occurs. You pray until the, until you can, or you get that relief. Does everybody understand? All right, let's talk about the first one. We're going to get really detailed. Now, I pray you're ready. Is anybody getting anything out of this tonight? We're talking about frequency of prayer. How often should I pray? And there are two types of frequent prayer. We talked about the first one being necessity or maintenance, right? Things that you're going to always pray about. And the second one being uh, acquisition. You're going to get something that belongs to you. going to acquire something that belongs to you. You're taking new ground or new territory. That's acquisition. Those things will have an end. Those things, you pray that, you pray for those until you get them. Then you can stop praying and just thank God for it. Does everybody understand? So let's talk about the first one, uh, necessity or maintenance. And James, you can get this, James, the fifth chapter, verse number 16. Uh, let's go ahead and get that. I need somebody to get that. I'm going to go ahead and bring them all up. James, somebody get James 5.16. Go ahead, please. Somebody get James 5.16. Go ahead, please. Someone else get Matthew 7, verse 1. And someone else get Matthew 6, 31 through 34. And uh, there's also 2 Thessalonians 3, verse number 1. Verse number 1. Don't want to really put anybody on the spot tonight. So... Uh, uh, is anyone volunteering to read um, James, the fifth chapter, verse number 16? All right, then I'll go ahead and read that. James, the fifth chapter, verse number 16 reads, Confess your faults one to another, and then it says, And pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You'll see that again. It says, pray for one another. This is an example of a maintenance prayer. Pray for one another that you may be healed. You're praying for healing for yourself, for your family, for the body. Not just physical healing. Please don't let it stop there. But you're also playing, praying for emotional healing, right? Spiritual healing, mental healing. We want you whole. Healing means to be made whole. You need to be whole in all areas of your life. Because we can be sick financially too. We can be sick spiritually. We can be sick mentally. We can be sick emotionally. We're praying for that healing, right? So you have all the scriptures there. We're going to go ahead and go to Second Thessalonians. We're going to do a little bit of skipping. Go to Second Thessalonians. This is so wonderful. 
I'm going to read to you Second Thessalonians uh, verses, rather chapter three, and uh, verse number one. As we talk about praying for the leadership, these are examples of things that you will always have to pray for. Second Thessalonians verse number three, rather chapter three, verse one says, "Finally, brethren, pray for us." See, the leadership is asking for prayer. Pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men for all men have not faith but the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. All right. So the leadership here, the preachers, the pastors are praying to the congregation or telling the congregation, pray for us. Pray for us that the word of God will have free course. Pray for us that there will be no hindrance. That's not a prayer that you pray just one time for that one day or that one sermon or that one Sunday. That's a continual prayer. Pray that the word of God will have free course. Pray for us. Pray for us. So once again, those are examples, and you can write these down and read them in your own spare time since we could not get them this evening. Uh, these are examples of uh, maintenance type of prayers. Number one, here again, it is James, the fifth chapter, verse 16, and also Matthew, the seventh chapter, verse number one. It talks about praying always. And there's Matthew, the sixth chapter, verse 31 through 34. That's that kingdom prayer. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That's a continual seeking until the day that you die. Then, of course, Second Thessalonians, the third chapter, verse number one, talks about praying for the leadership. These are things that we pray for always. Amen. Let's talk about number two, acquisition. We're praying for that new ground, that new territory. We're praying for breakthrough. Now, you'll find that these are often often prayers that we pray, uh, often things that we pray about um, when calamity strikes or when something bad happens, something sudden happens on us. Uh, we have a flat tire or blowout and we don't have the money. Well, then we pray, we begin to pray that prayer of acquisition, new ground. We need to reach out and get a new tire. Oh, God, help me get a new tire. Father, in the name of Jesus, I need a new tire for my car. Lord, oh Lord, I need a new set of tires. Lord, I need the money. Lord, to get the oil changed. Father, I pray this in the name of Jesus that you would grant me these resources uh, so that these needs be met. Are you with me, everybody? So I'm going to pray that prayer until I receive relief on the inside, until I can exhale. There will come a time of peace in the soul when you know that you have touched the hem of his garment. And when you know you've touched the hem of his garment, when there is a sigh of relief on the inside, when you have a, a sense of peace, then you can leave it alone. You know that the Lord has heard you. Hallelujah. You don't have to continue in that anymore. You know he's heard you. You know you have your, um, you know that your request has been answered and you can go on. We're going to talk about that. 
Uh, one example, let's go ahead and get all the examples on the screen here. Uh, in Luke, the 18th chapter, see, there are plenty of examples of all these in Scripture. Uh, we t- as we talk about the second uh, part of fre- or the second type of frequency, pray- frequency of prayer, uh, being acquisition, new ground, or breakthrough. Uh, the first example we can give there is in the book of Luke, the 18th chapter, verses 1 through 8, as it talks about the little old lady who kept saying to that dark judge, avenge me of my adversary, Avenge me of my adversary. Avenge me of my adversary. Well, that dark judge was holding something or was holding back justice that belonged to her. Now, uh, she was not to continue to pray that until the day she died. She only was meant to pray that or to uh, release that until she got the justice that she needed. Her prayer had an end. Are you with me? Uh, Matthew, the seventh chapter, verses number seven through 12, the golden rule. We'll actually get that because this is something that you've got to know. Uh, also in Daniel, the 10th chapter, verses number 10 through 21, breakthrough. This is where Daniel is praying before the Lord and he sought the Lord for 21 days. Now, the 21 days is not the thing that is most uh, powerful in a group of verses. 21 days is the time that it took uh, after he after he prayed he prayed a prayer and he continued to pray a prayer and after the and on the 21st day he got the answer to his prayer. Does everybody understand? Uh, God released an angel from the heavenlies that is from the third heaven. He was released from the third heaven, went down through the second heaven, uh, which is the outer space, went down to the first heaven, uh, which is the atmosphere, the bold of demonic powers. And he was coming to give Daniel the answer, but he was, the Bible says that he was withstood by the prince of Persia. Uh, he was fighting with the prince of Persia. Uh, about 20 days and on the 21st day he broke through and gave Daniel the answer now Daniel was not supposed to pray this prayer for all of his life he was only praying it until he received his breakthrough right hallelujah we'll talk about that in Genesis the, thir- the Genesis the 32nd chapter verse number 26 we talk about this this is talking about wrestling night I tell that wrestling night this is when Jacob wrestled with an angel all night long. And he said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to release this thing that I'm agonizing about or praying about until I receive breakthrough. Does everybody understand what we're saying tonight? So the second type of frequency of prayer is acquisition, new ground territory. This is not something that is eternal or lifetime, but it is something uh, that is momentary. Uh, your momentary break, your prayer, you may have to pray for a day. You may have to pray for an hour, a few minutes, but you will pray until you get exhaled. You may have to pray for a year. You may have to pray for 10 years, but it will have an end eventually. Hallelujah. But you will continue to pray until you get breakthrough. Hallelujah. Until you're able to exhale. And James, the fifth chapter, verse 16 uh, through 18. James 5, verse 16 through 18. This talks about the prophet Elijah. And the Bible says that he prayed diligently until it started to rain. 
He prayed, and then he prayed again, and then he prayed again. He told his servant there in the uh, in this book of Second Kings, I believe, or First Kings, he told his servant, go look and see, is it is it raining out there? Do you see any clouds? The servant came back first time and said, no, I don't see anything. He said, go again. And Elijah kept on praying, kept on praying. He got in a, a fetal type of position on the ground. He began to pray and continued to pray. The servant came back. There's nothing. And he went back, I believe, a total of seven times. And on the seventh time, the servant began to saw a cloud coming up out of the out of the um, out of the distance in the shape of a man's hand. He came back and told Elijah, I see a small cloud in the shape of a man's hand. Elijah got up from his knees, got up out of prayer. He knew that his prayer had been answered. And he said, get up, go tell the king, uh, because there is a sound of an abundance of rain coming. Rain is coming. He prayed until he got his breath. Break through. Is everybody understand what we're talking about today? And uh, we also know there in Hebrews 11 chapter verse number 6. Now we'll go ahead and get this. Let's go to Hebrews 11 chapter verse number 6. Hebrews 11 and 6. Now we're going to make sure tonight that you get a good understanding. Hebrews 11 and verse number 6. When you get Hebrews 11 verse number 6. I want you to say amen. You notice here uh, at the beginning of our slide presentation that I developed for you, there was a lock on the screen, and now you see a key on the screen on the uh, middle of the left-hand side because we're giving you keys to unlock the potential that God has in you as it relates to prayer. Understand, you will acquire things. You will acquire new territories. You will acquire the will of God done in your life through prayer. You're going to have to pray it through. You're going to have to pray it through. In other words, you're going to have to learn to communicate with God Almighty. And if you haven't learned to communicate with God, you're not going to get very far. Hallelujah. If you learn nothing else I've said... The first rule is applicable to you. The first rule of prayer, we talked about that, is remember that prayer is personal. Prayer is personal. Because if you develop a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, if you forget about everything else I've told you, if you develop a personal relationship with him, he will actually talk to you and tell you how to pray. Hallelujah. That's a good word, Pastor. Thank you. Praise God, brother. I encourage myself in the Lord. Hebrews 11 chapter verse number 6. It says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a what? Rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. If you diligently seek the Lord for the thing... If you diligently seek him, diligently enter into his presence, he will reward you with the answer. He will reward you with the answer. Now, sometimes his answer may be yes. Praise God. Sometimes his answer may be not now. Yes, but not now. Wait. His answer may be wait. It could be yes, wait, or no. We don't like to hear that. But those are the three answers that the Lord may give you. Are you with me? So we see here that God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He's a rewarder, meaning that there is an end to this thing. 
of those that diligently seek him. Talking about frequency of prayer. Let me show you some other things. Now, we talked about that golden rule. We talked about that golden rule. Go back up one more, one more time. Go back up. We talked about the golden rule there in Matthew, the seventh chapter, verse number seven through twelve. Before we go to the next screen, let's go to it. Let's go to Matthew. Let's go to Matthew seven. The golden rule, Matthew seven. Matthew seven. Let me restate to you the question that was posed to me. The question was, Pastor, how often should I pray about a particular matter? Because some have told me if I continue to pray about this thing, then, that I must not be having faith in God if I continue to pray about this particular matter. What do you think, Pastor? Once again, I tell you, I, I appreciate that sister's ministry because out of that question, the Lord births this answer that we're giving you here tonight. Matthew, the seventh chapter. This is very familiar. This is called what I call the golden rule as we talk about the frequency of prayer. Matthew 7 out of the King James Version. Matthew 7, I'll read from verse 7 down to verse number 11. Have I lost anyone tonight? Matthew 7, verse number 7 reads, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock. And it shall be open unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth. And he that findeth, rather he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? The Father knows how to give good things to those that ask him. Now, he is the giver of all good and perfect gifts, the Bible declares. All right, let's go back up to verse number 7 in verse 8. Let me read that one more time. Verse 7 says, Ask, and it shall be given you. <clears throat> Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Verse 8, For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Now, to completely understand the frequency of prayer, uh, the asking question, we've got to see the asking question in the same context as the rest of the scripture. It talks about asking and you're going to receive. It talks about seeking and finding. It's talk about, talks about knocking and the door will be opened. Well, we are intelligent people. Amen. Aren't we intelligent people? I do not consider myself as an Einstein, Johnny. I, I, I'm not a rocket scientist. I don't have a lot of degrees, but I have a little bit, just a salt shaker bit of what's called common sense. And I believe that we have at least that in this room tonight. How many of you have at least what's called common sense that sometimes isn't so common? We understand that. So, in order for us to find out the first part of the verse, as it says, ask, because our question tonight is about the asking. 
Now, first to find about the asking, let's look in the same context and the same body of scripture. And we'll understand about the asking as, as if we'll understand about the asking, if we can understand about seeking and also knocking. Well, the asking here is just like one piece of a 500 piece puzzle. Has anyone ever, has anyone ever put together a puzzle before? Right? Well, you're not going to understand the whole puzzle just by one piece. You don't know what it is. It's a 500-piece puzzle. You have no clue what this is. You can, only, you can only understand what this one piece is when it's put in the middle of all the other pieces. Then you say, oh, that's not an eye. That's, that's not somebody's eyeball. That's somebody who's, uh, who's surfing. You have no clue what it is until you put it in the context, right? So let's look at this. So let's do this in reverse. You'll, you'll get an understanding about this. The last part of verse 7 says, Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. All right. We go to a friend's house. How many of us, how many of you uh, that go to a friend's house, you go to your friend's house because you need something from them, and you go to their front door and you do, well, I guess they're not home, and you leave. No, I think that somebody who really wants to know, who really wants to see the person that's on the inside, will stand there and, and you wait a minute, you listen for a response, you hear nothing, you wait for a response, some of us even look in the driveway, I know I saw the car in the driveway, I know they're here, and you... And you wait again, and you knock until the, the Bible says, until the door is opened. Isn't that right? We don't, well, I guess they're not home, and leave. Understand the context of the scripture. Are you with me? We knock until the door is what? You knock until the door is open. Now. If when you're knocking, if you, let's see, here comes a big if now. This is a humongous if. This is a Statue of Liberty style if. It's so big. If you come to my house and you knock on my door, and if you hear me say, I'll be there in a minute, don't continue to knock. All you're going to do is make me upset. And then I'll decide not to answer the door. You stay on out there. Right? You don't knock past the answer. Somebody's going to get that. You don't knock past the answer. You already receive an exhale. You came there for an answer. You came there. Can I borrow your lawnmower? Can I... Can I do this or can I do that? Can I do that? I mean, you're coming there for something. And once you receive that word, hold on, I'll be there in a minute, you can stay home. There's no point in you knocking anymore. You're just on the porch now saying, thank God they're at home. Whoo, soon I'll get my lawnmower. Soon I can borrow his drill and I'm going to bring it right back too. Soon I can do this. Soon I'll get that cup of sugar I've been needing for my cake. Soon. So you can rejoice now the pressure's off you. You've got peace now. Knock until you get your peace. Knock until you get your relief. Knock until you can. 
exhale. Now, if you keep on knocking after that, then it can be termed as you don't believe. And now you're, now your only, only purpose you're serving is to aggravate. Hallelujah. As we look at the next one that's further up and the same verse of scripture. And it says, seek and ye shall find. Well, there was a dear woman that was in a grocery store and she had gotten all of her groceries and they put them nice and neat in the buggy. And this, this was her monthly uh, grocery trip. And she went to the counter and she was there checking out. Boop, boop, boop. And the lady was ringing up her groceries. Boop, boop. And she was having polite conversation with the cashier. How you doing? Well, I'm doing fine. Boop, boop, boop. Oh, how's your baby? Oh, he's doing fine. He's six months now. Boop, boop, boop. Well, all the groceries were rung up. And the lady looked in her purse, and she knew she hadn't brought enough money. And she saw the total, and she begins to look through her purse, and she gets the money out. And she's short $20. Oh, she begins to sweat, but she knows that she has an emergency 20 stuck down in her pocketbook somewhere. She kept an emergency 20 just for these type of a, this, this type of situation. So at this point now, she begins to seek that emergency 20. Well, she turns her pocketbook upside down right there on the register. She shakes things out. She looks here, looks there. She looks here, looks there. She tells the cashier, I know I have this somewhere in here. And she looks and looks and looks and looks and looks, looks. She doesn't just look one time over here. She keeps on looking. She keeps on seeking until she finds it. Are you with me? She seeks until she finds, seeks until she finds. And then she remembers as she's looking through the purse, it hits her. <laughs> Wait now, I took that out of my purse and I stuffed that down in my shoe. That's right. So she gets down. Now at that moment, she has a picture that she stuffed that 20 down in her shoe. Right? So she can, so she says, <sighs> now at that very moment, she doesn't have the 20 in her hand. She doesn't have it to give it to cashier, but she does have the confirmation of what she has. And she looks down at her shoe and she picks it out of her shoe and gives it to the cashier, all smelly that it is, but the problem is solved. Does everybody understand? She doesn't continue to seek after she knows where it is. She just rejoices. Oh, I know what I did with that. It's in my shoe. So she goes down the shoe, she picks it out, and she gives it to the cashier. Are you with me? Now, she didn't have it at that point, just like the man that's standing at the door. The person was not at the door at that time, but they received some sort of confirmation, some type of word, some type of witness that the problem had been solved. Are you with me? If I'm at home, I'm looking for a shirt. Often, sometimes I do. Sometimes I may look around, the, look for my shoe, look around. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on in my house. I don't know what's going on. I just live there. I don't know. My wife may be down here at the food bank or there at the, you know, in the church office or what have you. I call her on the phone. I'm looking all over. I was trying to find it. I'm a little bit frustrated. You know where this and that is? And she say, well, it's over there, over there. Well, I say, I checked over there. I'll go back and check again. But I know that she knows where stuff is in my house. I don't know where it is. I just live there. Once I get that confirmation that she knows where it is, 
I can exhale. I, I found it now. I got it. It's as good as in my hand. Now I know it. I've already talked to the source. Are you with me? I go ahead. So when I go and get it, that's just a formality. Just a formality. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? Now as we go to the very last. Ask and it shall be given. In the same context, you don't just knock one time and leave. You don't just look one time and stop. You don't just ask one time and that's it. Now, if this is an acquisition type of prayer, you're asking to achieve something. You're knocking that something may be open to you. You're seeking, trying to find something. You're asking, hoping to receive an answer. Now, you're going to ask until you receive some form of confirmation. You're asking, Lord, I, I need four new tires for my car. Lord, I need four new tires for my car. I need the money. Father, in the name of Jesus, please bless me. Please bless me with the finances and resources that I need to get those four new tires for my car. Lord, bless me with the rent money that I need. Lord, bless me. You said that you supply all my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And you ask the first, first morning, you ask, you don't receive any you don't receive an exhale. You, it's still on you. It's the worry is still on you. So you get the next morning, you ask again, Lord, Lord, I need those tires for my car. Lord, I need that rent money. It's coming due very soon. Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus to fulfill it to, I seek the kingdom of God. And you said all these things would, would be added unto me. Father, you said in your word that you're my shepherd. I shall not want. So therefore, Father, I ask for those four new tires that I need for my car I need it Lord I need it in the name of Jesus and you finish praying but you still can't exhale you know it's still on you the third night you get up and you begin to pray the Bible said in the book of in the book of Psalms evening morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud he shall hear my voice and you can continue to pray and pray and pray for the matter until you can <sighs> Until you know that you have touched the hem of his garment. Then you can release the matter and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. At one particular time, and we're closing now. At one particular time, we really, my family really needed some finances. And I've never given this testimony before in an open assembly. We needed some finance. We needed some money. And I began to pray and intercede before the Lord. And the Lord showed me that someone was going to come up and give me $10,000. I saw it. $10,000. I was praying for finances. And he showed me. I told my wife, someone can give us $10,000. Do I, am I not telling the truth? My love? Yeah, you better say yeah. Okay. <laughs> she knows I love her. I prayed and I asked and I asked and I sought and I sought the Lord and he showed it to me. I saw it. I communicated with my wife what I had seen. I felt it. I knew that I had touched the hem of, it, the hem of his garment, but the need that we had was still there. The bill was still owed. We were still behind on a thing. But I knew that I had touched him. I knew that I received the confirmation. I knew because the worry lifted off of me. I was no longer concerned about it. I knew I had to go through it, but I knew that it was going to happen. I knew it. And shortly, maybe two or three months later, maybe if it was that long, a person, somebody came to me and said, Pastor... They realized that I was a pastor. Pastor, 
The Lord's been dealing me about this with you. And I've been struggling with this for about a month or so. I thought, oh, my Lord. I knew what you were going to say. I knew what they were going to say at this time. You see, God had already released it in their spirit at the time that I was praying. I'm going to have to run over here. He had already released it, but they were holding it back. So during that time, I just began to continue to thank God for it. Hallelujah. I know what he had shown me. I had my, I had my exhale. I had my relief. Hallelujah. The things, the bills were still the same. The circumstances were still the same, but I had relief in my spirit, man. So that day finally came. They came and said, I've been wrestling with this for about a month or so. Praise the Lord. I thought to myself, well, it's about time, but I didn't say that openly. Praise the Lord. And she, and this person said, uh, he's, uh, this person said, uh, uh, I want to give you this. I looked at it and it was a check for $10,000. It was a check for $10,000. You know what I said? Thank you, Jesus. Now, the question was, why aren't you so excited about this? Well, I've been praising and praising and praising and praising and praising for over a month now. There's only so much that I can do. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Because it was as real to me then at the time that I, that I could exhale. It was real then. I just didn't have it in the natural. So when it finally came, I was excited. But, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't jumping all over the place. I had already been praising. And they said, I knew this was coming. Praise God Almighty. I prayed. Then, of course, when we got the money, hallelujah, we were very wise with it. We made sure we, pay our, we paid our tithe and gave an offering. Praise the Lord. That's the first thing we do. Hallelujah. Praise God Almighty. I don't care how much money we got or we don't got. I don't care how much bills we got or we don't got. We're still going to pay our tithes and offering because we know that it is right before God. And God blesses us. Hallelujah. 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 I am convinced of that. Praise the Lord. We paid our tithes, gave our offerings. We made some investments. Praise the Lord. And it lasted us a good while until I said, Lord, it's me again. Standing in need of prayer. Are you with me? Money don't last always. Praise the Lord. Come on. We got to finish this thing out. Well, let's re read this in the Amplified Bible. It will help you help to confirm what I just said to you. In Amplified Bible, Matthew 7, chapter, verse number 7 says, Keep on asking, and it will be given you. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking. What reverently, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who keeps on what? Asking receives. And he who keeps on seeking finds. And to him who keeps on knocking, the door will be opened. And we, would, we just don't have the time to talk about mood and tenses in the Word of God, in the Greek text. But all you, all you need to remember is that this is just not a one-time asking, not a one-time knocking, not a one-time seeking. You're going to do these things until you can finally... <sighs> Exhale. I pray you've received the word of God tonight. If you have, give the Lord a mighty hand of praise.
Friends, I know you have been truly blessed by this presentation brought to you by the Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center Media Ministry. Remember, if you are looking for a church home, we would be glad to have you each Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center is located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. For more information, give us a call at 770-537-1933 or visit us on the web at www.kingdomrock.org. 